0: I love the Lord because he has heard my voice and my pleas for mercy, because he has inclined his ear to me. Therefore, I will call on him as long as I live. The snares of death encompassed me, the pangs of Sheol laid hold on me. I suffered distress and anguish. Then I called on the name of the Lord. O Lord, I pray, deliver my soul. Gracious is the Lord and righteous. Our God is merciful. The Lord preserves the simple. When I was brought low, he saved me. Return, O my soul, to your rest. For the Lord has dealt bountifully with you. For you have delivered my soul from death my eyes from tears, my feet from stumbling. I will walk before the Lord in the land of the living. I believed even when I spoke, I am greatly afflicted. I said in my alarm, all mankind are liars. What shall I render to the Lord for all his benefits to me? I will lift up the cup of salvation and call on the name of the Lord. I will pay my vows to the Lord in the presence of all His people. Jesus said, I give you a new commandment. Just as I have loved you, by this all men will know that you are my disciples. Seated. This is the day that Christ, the Lamb of God, gave himself into the hands of those who would slay him. This is the day that Christ took a towel and washed the disciples' feet, giving us an example that we should do to others as he has done to us. This is the day that Christ, our God, gave us this holy feast, that we who eat this bread and drink this cup may here proclaim his holy sacrifice and be partakers of his resurrection and at the last day may reign with him in heaven. The Lord be with you. Let us pray together. Holy God, source of all love, on the night of his betrayal, Jesus gave his disciples a new commandment to love one another as he loved them. Write this commandment in our hearts. Give us the will to serve others as he was the servant of all who gave his life and died for us, yet is alive and and reigns with you, and the Holy Spirit, one God, now and forever. Amen. And would you please rise for the reading of the Gospel, Gospel of our Lord Jesus Christ, according to John chapter 13. Now before the Feast of the Passover... Do you wash my feet? Jesus answered him, What I am doing you do not understand now, but afterward you will understand. Peter said to him, You shall never wash my feet. Jesus answered him, If I do not wash you, you have no share with me. Simon Peter said to him, Lord, not my feet only, but also my hands and my head. Jesus said to him, The one who has bathed does not need to wash except for his feet, but is completely clean, and you are clean, but not every one of you. For he knew who was to betray him. That was why he said, Not all of you are clean. The Gospel of our Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. Thanks be to the Lord. Please be seated. This last Sunday, I suggested to, to you, to the congregation, that over the course of these next days, you take a, a few minutes each day, and read from one of the Gospels some uh, portion of the the narrative contained in each of the Gospels of uh, the last days of Jesus and um, wanting to be a good example to my flock. I've tried to do that myself these last few days and want to share with you just uh, three observations, three brief observations and then one sort of summary point or conclusion. Uh, The first of them is from this passage, John 13. This is the only of the Gospels in which the institution of the Lord's Supper is lacking. The only thing that is said in reference to that last supper uh, is that they were together at supper enjoying the feast of the Passover. But this is the gospel that contains this narrative, this story of Jesus at the supper, at some point during the supper, rising from the table, disrobing, wrapping himself in some towel of some kind, and humbling himself to do what no person self-respecting would do. Wash another person's feet. Now if you think just in the first instance about who this is that this is the Lord of Glory who is doing this. This is God incarnate who is doing this. That in itself is staggering. But then when you consider that at the arguably most needy moment in Jesus' life. He thought not of himself, but he thought of his disciples. He thought not of his needs, ours, from his betrayal, arrest, arraignment, mockery of a trial... Judgment, execution. In the face of that, Jesus humbled himself to leave with his disciples an example of what is inherent, intrinsic, not only to the gospel, but what I believe is inherent and intrinsic to the nature of God himself that he is fundamentally other centered. So, when I'm confronted myself with some circumstance in which I know that what I'm being asked to do is deny myself, I can remember Jesus at his hour of greatest need, again, doing the thing before me, that he then asks me to follow him in. The reminder is just this. Jesus never calls me to do anything that he hasn't first done himself. And then there's a second observation, and this is from Luke 20, and and Barb actually pointed this one out to me. Uh, When Jesus, with the disciples at the Last Supper, begins the, the words of institution or the narrative of that begins, Jesus says to his disciples, I have earnestly desired to celebrate this Passover with you. I have earnestly desired to celebrate this Passover with you. Um been trying for a couple of days now to wrap my head around again Jesus desiring not only to be with his disciples but to celebrate with his disciples and to celebrate specifically the feast of the Passover with his disciples this meal that is sort of the singular meal, the singular event in the life of Israel, the event that more than any other points to what Jesus would do for his people. I've earnestly desired to celebrate this Passover with you before my departure, before his departure. I'm about six weeks away from from going to Africa. <laughs> and I, I checked my memory on this earlier today, and I may be mistaken, but I think that Barb and I sort of have a habit of having a really nice meal together the night before I leave to go to Africa. And the really nice meal together before we're separated for that period of time is an anticipation of reunion, isn't it? And that leads really to the third passage. And that's in Matthew's Gospel and Mark's Gospel and Luke's Gospel. The three synoptics all represent this in one way or another. Jesus at that meal, this meal that he earnestly desired to share with his disciples before his departure, at that meal, Jesus said, I will not eat again. I will not drink again until I drink and eat with you in my Father's kingdom. Now, I think I've shared this before, mentioned this before, um, here at Christ the King. And it may have been last year at the Monday Thursday service um, mentioning this couple of paragraphs from J.I. Packer's book, Knowing God. And, and I can show you in my 1973 first edition of J.I. Packer's book, Knowing God, I can show you in the margin where I wrote the word unbelievable. And I can show you in the margin, in the second paragraph of what I'm going to read to you, the question mark that I wrote in the margin after I read these sentences that I'm about to read. I remember reading this probably 30 years ago, and for a long time I couldn't make sense of it. But here is what Packer wrote. We have in previous chapters made the point that God's end in all things is his own glory, that he should be manifested, known, admired, adored. This statement is true, but it is incomplete. It needs to be balanced by a recognition that through setting his love on men, God has voluntarily bound up his own final happiness with theirs. It is not for nothing that the Bible habitually speaks of God as the loving father and husband of his people. It follows from the very nature of these relationships that God's happiness will not be complete till all his beloved ones are finally out of trouble, till all the ransomed church of God be saved to sin no more. God was happy without man before man was made. He would have continued happy had he simply destroyed man after man had sinned. But as it is, he has set his love upon particular sinners. And this means that by his own free, voluntary choice, he will not know perfect and unmixed happiness again till he has brought every one of them safely home. He has in effect resolved that henceforth and for all eternity... His happiness shall be conditioned upon ours. I didn't understand it. I couldn't believe it. Until one day reading Matthew 23 or 25. Jesus spoke to me and said, See, he was right. Jesus said, I will not drink of this fruit of the vine again until I drink it with you in my Father's kingdom. The cup is a picture, a symbol of the full to overflowing blessedness of the kingdom of God. And Jesus denies himself the enjoyment of that blessedness until you are there to enjoy it with Him. And what's the lesson from all of this? It's just this. The love of Jesus for His friends. The height and length and breadth and depth of the love of Jesus for you, his friends. That is what he calls you. John 14, he doesn't call you slaves or servants. He calls you friends. And his happiness will be complete when you are home. Thanks be to God. As we come to this table, let me invite you to join me as we prepare by confessing our sin together. Let us pray. O God, our great shepherd, you tenderly gather us as lambs. Carrying us with your all-embracing love, yet like sheep, we wander from you, following in our own ways, ignoring your voice, distrusting your provision. Forgive our stubborn rebellion, our hardened hearts, our lack of trust. Refresh us once again by your quiet waters of mercy, and restore our souls By your redeeming love, through the Lord Jesus Christ, who lives and reigns with you and the Holy Spirit, one God, forever and ever. Amen. Hear what words of comfort the scripture says to all who truly turn to Christ. Come unto me, all ye that labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Let each of you truly acknowledge that he is a sinner, humbling himself before God, and believe that the Heavenly Father wills to be gracious unto him in Jesus Christ. To all who repent and look to to Jesus Christ for their salvation, I declare that the absolution of sins is effected in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Let's
1: pray together. Lord Jesus, thank you for calling us to yourself. Thank you for gathering us from the nations of the earth. Thank you for gathering us here this evening this particular time and place. Thank you for the assurance, for
0: the deep comfort, for the expressions of love that we find in your word and in this sacrament. And would you now, by your spirit, come to this table? Would you, yet again, in grace and mercy, set aside
1: these common and ordinary elements? the most sacred and holy use. And would you stir up faith in our hearts that we, as we come to this table,
0: might receive these elements in faith and find that you, attending their administration, enrich and nourish and strengthen our faith through this means which you have
1: appointed. O Lord Jesus Christ, be with us. To death, we ask them Amen. On the night he was betrayed, the Lord Jesus Christ took bread, and when he had blessed and given thanks for it, he gave it to his disciples and said, Take and eat. This is my body broken for you. Do this, remembering me. And after the supper, the Lord Jesus took the cup, and having blessed the cup, he gave it to his disciples and said, this cup is the cup of the new covenant in my blood, poured out for many for the remission of sins, drinking all of it. My all
0: The Shadow of Betrayal, Matthew 26, verses 20 through 25. When it was evening, he reclined at table with the twelve. And as they were eating, he said, Truly I say to you, one of you will betray me. And they were very sorrowful and began to say to him one after another, Is it I, Lord? He answered, He who has dipped his hand in the dish with me will betray me. The Son of Man goes as it is written of him. But woe to that man by whom the Son of Man is betrayed. It would have been better for that man if he had not been born. Judas, who would betray him, answered, Is it I, Rabbi? He said to him, You have said so. Shadow of Desertion. Matthew 26, verses 30 through 35. And when they had sung a hymn, they went out to the Mount of Olives. Then Jesus said to them, You will all fall away because of me this night, for it is written, I will strike the shepherd, and the sheep of the flock will be scattered. But after I am raised up, I will go before you to Galilee. Peter answered him, Though they all fall away because of you, I will never fall away. Jesus said to him, Truly I tell you, this very night, before the rooster crows, you will deny me three times. Peter said to him, Even if I must die with you, I will not deny you. And all the disciples said the same.